Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Buenos tardes, mi amigo. Hola, my good friends. Cinco de mayo on Tuesday And I hope we'd see each other again Ten boxes Ten boxes What am I referring to? Ten boxes of Magic Spoon cereal is how much my wife brought with us here to Vashon Island in Washington We drove here, dude, from Los Angeles, California. And with all the Christmas gifts for myself, for my wife, for my daughter, for all the in-laws that are coming to meet, with all the guitar that I brought that I'm holding right now, that I just strummed for you, All our luggage, my wife figured out that she needed 10 boxes of Magic Spoon cereal for the holidays. Why? Because it's that good. And it's good for you. 11 grams of protein, only 3 grams of net carbs in that there Magic Spoon cereal. And it tastes as good or better than all your favorite childhood cereals. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's not. Don't take my word for it. Go to magicspoon.com slash Mikey, grab a variety pack, and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code, you, me, us, our promo code, Mikey, at checkout. Get free shipping, my friend. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with 100% happiness guarantees. That's right. So if you don't like it for any reason whatsoever, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the code Mikey, M-I-K-E, for free shipping. We thank Magic Spoon. We seriously thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I feel a little bit overwhelmed because of how honored I am to have our guest here joining me in studio, Uh, someone that I I respect so thoroughly, Um, someone who uh, is so physically beautiful. Okay, now you're just pushing it. What? It doesn't have to be like this whole big drawn out introduction every time I come do it because it feels a little forced. Okay, it's uh, it's my wife, Bianca Kylik, as you can tell. She... um, she uh, likes to take control, so well, I would, I'll just I'd, let her... I would just like it, honestly, if you were like, hey, uh, it's awesome, another episode with my wife. Usually these are the best ones, and you know everyone get the most comments and most compliments when she comes on, and so I'm really happy to have her back again. Okay, so you guys heard how she wants my show to be, <laughs> so there you go. That's how she would like it, so I'll just go with that it's for today. It's not just me. It's clearly... The listeners, they have spoken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'll just say this. Uh, I Please don't hold me to this. But most comments, most response from these episodes with my wife, oh, by far. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And she joins me again. We are 
um, broadcasting from Vashon Island in the Puget Sound, um, right off of Seattle, and it is beautiful. Gorgeous. And um, I wanted to take advantage of being here with my wife um, and doing another podcast with her because, all kidding aside, I do get really, really positive responses um, from my episodes with her. But for the first time in our eight-year marriage, uh, just a couple weeks over eight years, and probably nine and a half years of of being together, um, she has allowed me to train her for a, a prolonged period of time. Um, I mean, a handful of times we've gone to the gym and we've tooled around and stuff, but this is the first time my wife has broken down and said, okay, go ahead. You can train me and I'll actually listen and do what you say. And much um, to my chagrin. Uh, why is that, by the way? No, I'm just saying much to my chagrin, the results have been way better than anything else I've ever done. Uh, but honestly though, like from like what is it about the the before you finally did it and you've seen results and you're happy? What was it in the beginning that made you reluctant to train with me as opposed to someone else? Because we do a lot of stuff together, and it was like the time that I had to do stuff on my own. It was kind of my own thing that I did. And also, you uh, tend to train the way that you work out, which is super focused and... uh, like you get like all business and sometimes that can be a little bit much cuz i like my workout and you've improved over the last 5 weeks yeah but uh and also i i think that i've come to realize like um that's who you are and that's okay uh thank you but you're actually touching on something that i think is important and I am very focused in uh, high intensity and very um, businesslike yeah. with my training. Like no nonsense. But I honestly believe that's one of the biggest components to success when it comes to working out. And far too many people who look at their training as just exercise and their time to enjoy or get away – are, confi- are are then wondering left wondering why they're not getting the results. That well, but here's the thing. I think yeah. they're I think they're we're kind of talking about two different things. Yes, which is that I think that first and foremost, people need to find the best way for them to exercise, and for you to go into your zone and put your earbuds in and play your obnoxious metalhead music, and you know, really like kind of say peace out to the rest of the world is the way that you like to do it. Mm-hmm. For me. If I'm going to work out, it has to be fun. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. So, you know, I think that my personal opinion is that people need to find what is best suited to them and their personality. And like you always say, the best workout or the best diet is the one that you're going to do. One you're going to do. So I don't disagree with that. What I am saying is that um, getting in there and doing what's fun, I think, is important. It's something that you'll stick to. It's not. It's but, not about doing what's fun. Mm-hmm. It's because working out for the most part is not, it was not something I would classify as fun. But like you, 
in the beginning, like, you don't even have a sense of humor, which is very strange for it being you. Yes. Like, I would try to make a joke or make light, and you just kind of, like, be like, no. Like that. Can I, can I see that one more time? I'm just going to, I'm going to judge you on the quality of your impersonation no, of me. Can I, I see one more time? No. no come on. It's a one-time deal. <clears throat> um, well, okay. I do think you bring up a good point, and I... I I agree. I mean, I, I said it many times, as you pointed out. A, a training routine needs to be something that you will continue to do in a prolonged fashion. Therefore, it should be something you enjoy. But there is a, a very slight but very important difference between going in and spending the energy and the time in doing whatever it may be that you enjoy and the the little tweak that I add, which is the business-like approach of doing that, which I think we found something that you enjoy, that you're sticking to, and r- writing down your reps and, and the resistance, increasing it uh, in a graduated fashion, that's what I mean by having that business-like approach to it is that there's, there's this very little tweak, this slight discrepancy that separates – Training from exercise and exercise is going in and burning calories. Training is about really committing to doing something that betters your yourself right. in, in whatever fashion right. you want to. Of course, of course. But you understand what I'm saying. I'm not, I, I, you can still be businesslike and write down those things. Yeah. You, you get like a little hard ass about it. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, I... You get very, like, with the blinders on, like, this is what you're doing, and then you and you kind of, like, the whole rest of the world fades away. But enough about that, really. Well, yes. I mean, yes, enough about that. But at the same time, I do think it's, like, important because, like, I, there's, like, only a couple of categories when it comes to, like, things that people do where I found success, and it is in those things that I get my blinders on. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I do think... Like as much of as it may be socially not as enjoyable as other th- facets of life where I can be laid back. And, but, you know, when it comes to like writing uh, a, a, a parody song or, or training or working out, those are things that I get like really hyper focused and get really uh, intense about. Um, and those are the things that like I found myself to be good <laughs> you know so there maybe there, there's something to be said about getting in that yes that but just space. because you're like that doesn't yeah. mean that other people have to be that way about sure, it. sure like i would highly encourage somebody who doesn't find working out to be fun aka me mm. to find ways in which it is fun it doesn't have to be you can be driven and still have a lot of fun doing it yeah and you know what that's why i always found found it hard to be a personal trainer back in the day when I used to do that and yeah. collect a paycheck from doing it. Um, when I got started in radio, I was making <laughs> like $16,000 a year <laughs> and I needed to figure out ways to, to supplement my, and that was a great one because I could make my own schedule yeah. and I did know what I was talking about, but, um, I had to do things and find ways to make it enjoyable for my clients and get them to have the experience that they wanted to have to make it worth it for them. 
And I couldn't do that if they weren't committed to like working out. And I would be, I, I probably could have made a lot more money and been a lot more successful, but I could, I like couldn't do it, you know, with certain people who just didn't want, they wanted like a buddy and they were yeah. willing to pay me $50 an hour to do it. But, yeah. um, you know, I just couldn't like separate myself and play that game. Um, but yeah, you, you finally broke down and you let me train you and I have, um, over the last 20 some years been really geeky about human performance and training and nutrition. And so I've done, uh, a lot of research and studying and I've purposely put myself under the tutelage, uh, either it literally paying them the money and doing it in person or online just downloading and paying for their their writing and learning as much as I can from a, a pretty vast array of people. And I've narrowed it down to about a, a handful of maybe five to ten men and women that I really trust and that I've gleaned a lot of information from. And when I looked at you and what you wanted to do and what you really wanted to gain out of your training – um, and also your your natural kind of genetic makeup, I decided to go with Brett Contreras, who is known as like the glute guy. He's like the booty king. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has had just unbelievable results or, and, and success in training women and breaking them away from a lot of the common ideas that a lot of women have typically when it comes to getting a beautiful shapely physique and typically that is a lot of high high amounts of cardio and starving yourself, right? Yeah. And he's this big proponent of really heavy resistance, uh, glute-centric, um, and uh, and cardio kind of if you want to do it, but certainly not necessary. And it's all about diet and heavy resistance training. And that's certainly something that I've applied to my training and that I like to apply to you. And, you know, I, I would put him in the pantheon of guys that I really listen to and gals that I really listen to, along with, you know, Steve Maxwell and then uh, Martin Burkhan out of Sweden. And then uh, uh, a former guest on the podcast, uh, Stan Efferding. Um, you know, I've just gathered this information. So I, I went and I looked at Brett's offerings as far as literature, and I chose Grow Your Glutes Without Growing Your Legs, which is one of his programs at brettcontreras.com. And uh, we've been at, at it for a little, uh, just finishing up fifth week of, right. of a 12-week program. And so, I'm not just saying this because it makes me sound good, but I'm saying this because it's damn true. Your results have been pretty astounding. Like you took a picture the other day of you in like a sports bra and some some tights, and like you look awesome. I was, I mean, I was really surprised because it doesn't feel like we're doing that much. I mean, it definitely feels, you know, some of the movements feel challenging, but I'm not like killing myself. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been dieting. I have been. I, we always eat pretty clean, but definitely you have a, a, a built-in advantage compared to the globe that you have a live-in chef that likes to cook, cook and healthy. eat healthy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and definitely over the course of our relationship, I mean, I already was health conscious conscious before um, we started dating, but 
I'm even more aware now than I, because of the way that you eat and, and your kind of philosophies on it. So definitely we eat pretty clean, but also it's been the holidays. And even though it's kind of a different sort of holiday than what we're used to, there still has been, you know, the influx of sweets and carbs and that kind of thing. So I have not been depriving myself. I have been conscious of, you know, not overstuffing my face the last three days notwithstanding because <laughs> it's been an all-out warfare. Um, and and uh, sorry to interrupt, but for those of you, because um, this is probably not going to come out in the next couple hours, but, you know, as we record this, it's the day after Christmas. So when she says the last three days, she means, you know, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Yeah. It's been, been, yeah, it's different. Really enjoyable. But also I have to say, um, I haven't felt nearly as guilty or panicked, I guess, about eating that way. Like it was really the first time I think in a while where I really genuinely enjoyed the, the just kind of indulging a little bit because I feel like I'm in a really good place. And I know that even if there's a little bit of a rebound from, um, you know, the food that we're eating right now, that it will come off in a matter of days because of the work that we're doing. Right. Um, and you know, and I, I have to say, like, I really couldn't believe the, the, what felt to me like very, very limited upper body workout with not as much as I th- would think that I would need to do, um, in order to change my lower body. And I took my shirt off one day, uh, while I was getting dressed in the mirror and I was really kind of blown away by my shoulders and my arms, how drastically they had changed yeah. in such a short amount of time. Do less, do better. That's always been my philosophy. I know a lot of people are much more into the, I want to train all the time and do a lot of high volume. I think that with training, with food, with drugs, with supplements, it's always strive for minimum effective dosage. Maybe you could get away with doing a couple more sets of upper body every but why if if i can pinpoint what is the minimum effective dose that's that's always well, been well and thing. and really like for me this last year has really been about discovering because of the limitations of um you know being at home more and magnolia being at school at home there's been a premium on my time. And so part of the deciding to work out at home came from the fact that I didn't want to waste the, you know, 45 minute round trip it took for me to go to the gym, um, to be in the car driving when that could be time that I could be getting something done for myself while Magnolia's, um, you know, before her next break on zoom. So, um, and what I've realized is that for me, the bet like I feel like people always get uh, caught up or or hooked by the idea of how much time you should be doing something. Like more time spent doing something means that you're doing better at it mm-hmm. or you're really committed to it. And in fact, I think in all areas of my life, what I've learned. Um, and specifically in my workouts is that if it's something that I am able to commit my full and utter focus to, and if that means that it's 20 minutes of, of really, um, 
undivided attention, focusing on the quality of what I'm doing, as opposed to an hour of kind of wishy-washy, I kind of wish I wasn't doing this. Uh, the results come from those 20 minutes of focus comparatively to the hour of wishy-washy. Absolutely. And <clears throat> it's, it's really about identifying how to get that quality, though. And right. I do think there's a gross overestimation uh, in the world about how qual- what the level of quality of training is and that people – by and large, unless they've – one of two things needs to happen. You need to get someone to coach you or you need to spend years getting to the point where you understand how to really maximize and get into that point where you're extruding everything you possibly can out of your training um, because it is it is far more about quality than it is about quantity. And – that it's very hard for people to wrap their head around that, especially I found, especially chicks. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. What's difficult about that, I think, for women is that we are we've been, I think, bombarded with images over the over the course of our lives that show us the way to look and the way to be. And that subconsciously creates this fear of doing anything that might result in being less than ideal. Mm. And also, I think that, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, like the kind of workouts that were acceptable for women we're so we're so lucky that these days, really, the, the sky's the limit in terms of what you can do and what you want to do with your body. However, I have realized that because of doing things a certain way, I still was kind of under this notion that if I did um, heavy resistance training, I would get bigger mm. as opposed to leaner. Right. Um. And instead of looking at it like what we're doing now feels much more like targeted sculpting. Yes. And that like, for example, I, for the first time in my life the other day, noticed that I'm starting to get that like um, indent kind of in the sides of my butt cheeks, Mm -hmm. which I've never had. Um, And also the other really interesting thing that we talked about in the very beginning was the first week or so I was like, I'm not sore. Right. And I feel like that means that we're not doing enough. Right. And you said that. Yes, that soreness is never a um, effective gauge of quality of training. Which blew my mind because I always have thought that when I'm sore, that means I really did something (laughs) Good. Right. And that not being so. But by the way, it can be. Right. Sometimes it can be. Uh, it depends on the workout. But but so often, especially with lower body, people feel like they didn't do enough unless they're, well, they can't walk. That's exactly what I was going to say is yeah. that conversely, I thought that if I'm not sore, I haven't done anything. And right. the craziest thing is, is there's been very little soreness mm-hmm. over this last five weeks. And Normally, I mean, I I had been going to the gym a little bit over the summer, but then I stopped completely. I mean, I was just not working out um, at all. And then I started to look in the mirror and think that I was aging a lot faster than 
normal, which I thought was weird because I felt like I was getting like jowly. (laughs) And then that one day I was like sitting in the living room and I looked in the mirror and I was like, wait a minute, am I gaining weight in my face? And I said, babe, have I gained weight in my face? And you were walking through the room and you froze like a deer in the headlights. And you're like, that's not for me to say. (laughs) I was like, you can be honest. And I mean, that was really the moment because you were yeah. like, I've noticed that you were ha- were like really rock solid when we first started dating and uh, in your upper body is a little softer as of late. And I had just, you know, being at home, it was just easier with my timing not to work out. Well, and also, I mean, if you don't mind me, we don't have to dig into it, but <clears throat> uh, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, the lockdown hit you hard. Mm-hmm. It really hit you hard. Well, yeah. I mean, I definitely am somebody who always wants to get to the bottom of things. And I've always, with any catastrophe, always wanted to know exactly everything that was happening. And um, so I... Like um, when you first met me. You're like, I have to get to the bottom of what this fucking guy's all about. What makes this person yes. tick? I don't quite get it. Um, yeah. So I... Uh, yeah, I definitely... Um, it's The whole thing has been... A lot in in a lot of different ways for a lot of different reasons. And I've always felt better when I work out. I always felt like a more complete and happier person. Um, but like I said, it just didn't... It, it, the, the way that I usually worked out was my, you know, three days a week at the gym with my trainer, who's awesome. and um, Who I'm going to have on the show uh, very soon. Yeah, Steve Zim and... and um, and, you know, and, and really he did start the revolution for me of realizing I didn't, every trainer I had worked with before that w- would like kill me to where I was like crawling out of the door, you know, barely able to breathe from the amount that we would do. Um, but not seeing like, you know, incredible results. And then with Steve, he, that was the first time where I did exercises that they were challenging, but I didn't feel like I would like lose my breath or anything. And I had pretty awesome results from that. So, um, but the, what was the thing I was going to say? I was talking about how, um, you know, the soreness, um, just feeling like we haven't, we're not doing anything. And, um, but also because it's a very few exercises, like Mm -hmm. I think we're doing a total of four or five lower body. We do, we do. I followed this program because Brett put this program together and I'm a big believer in like trusting the process. If you're going to do a program, do it. Don't program hop and also don't try to add your own twist on it. That being said, this is a glute centric program. And so I do add, uh, we do three workouts a week. The first workout, I will add, uh, some shoulder activity. The second workout I do chest and back. And then the third workout I do arms. Yeah. So that's added on top of the, of the training. Well, and, um, yeah, I, uh, I also think that, um, just having those few, it's just for me when a workout is over quickly, (laughs) it's a good thing, Mm -hmm. but, um, I was going to respond to something you said earlier about the quality and really there's, it's so easy to go on YouTube and find people showing you how to do the movements, Mm -hmm. Um, and then watching in a mirror to make sure, because it really is, I mean, the, the blessing for me is to have you there where you can point out, like, you know, if you just hinge forward an inch more, it completely changes the dynamic of it. And then also 
another really important thing that I've learned is that in the beginning, sometimes it's hard because I don't necessarily, like, for example, you know, when we started five weeks ago, um, doing, you know, a glute bridge, it was weird. Like I didn't feel like I could really squeeze my butt cheeks hard enough. Right. And so then in some ways I would overcompensate. So I would be maybe arching a little bit or tilting my, um, back, arching my back uh-huh. a little bit. Yeah. And, um, now I can really feel the difference in those muscles because now they're stronger and I totally can feel the clench in my butt, yeah. which I couldn't five weeks ago. Um, so that's pretty cool. Absolutely. And I buy into everything that I say on this podcast. I would never try to sell or, or to uh, espouse any ideas that I didn't truly believe in. Um, but a word, to the, a word to the wise, most people – and this isn't an insult. This is just reality. Most people are not really capable of training in what is considered high intensity. Most people, they don't, they literally don't have the skill with the exercises to get deep enough kind of uh, contractions. And um, that's my biggest problem with, like you were saying, with other experiences you've had with professional uh, exercise and training is that most trainers, they want you to get your money's worth. So they'll just fuck you up. They'll just make you sweat. And that's pretty easy. But Having quality training is not easy. It actually takes some practice. Well, and also I do think too, there's like some like machoism thing in it. Like it's like, if I make you feel like you've been killed, then you're going to, you know, it's, that's like the badass way to like train. Um, but what I find really remarkable is the, the, you know, I, I do, um, walks every day. Yep. Uh, I do, I try to get at least a 30 minute walk in, um, sometimes up to two 30 minute walks or, or a full hour. But these are like pretty leisurely, two, more, two mile per hour, more yeah. enjoying the scenery and just being with my thoughts and, you know, really not thinking about like the exercise idea of it. Whereas before I would always try to fit cardio in and then I was starving all of the time Yeah, and then I would eat more. Um, and that, as I've learned now from you, probably wasn't doing me a whole lot of good, which is awesome because I hate doing cardio. Yeah. And, and I am not Mr. Meathead. I don't want you guys to get the wrong message. I'm not anti-cardio. What I am anti is getting just below your anaerobic threshold and for for normal people out there who aren't geeks what that means is when you're engaging in activity any form of activity your heart rate is the measure of how intense that is um and staying aerobic which is really low um is very beneficial it burns a lot of fat it, it adjusts your body and it doesn't harm your recovery in any way and it doesn't typically um, manipulate or augment your system in a way that makes you starving. Going balls to the wall where you're 90% and above of your heart rate can also be very beneficial, especially with um, conditioning and and fat loss. Most people aren't going to go there. It's ridiculously uncomfortable. 
So what ends up happening is you go for your three, uh, your three mile jog or you train for your marathon and you stay in this middle ground, which actually doesn't do anything for you, but can harm you metabolically and also makes you fucking starving. And so you end up eating a lot to support this type of training and you just get perpetually, you're perpetually living in that skinny fat world that we all kind of know and hate. And I've all, I've always said to Bianca and to to you guys who are listeners, go to any marathon or triathlon, stand at the finish line and see how many really good looking bodies come through the finish line. It ain't that many. It ain't that many. And, and this is, by the way, not to just, I'm not shitting on endurance work. I, I have such high levels of respect for people who engage in triathlons and marathons and I, I, much love. I'm not trying to shit on it. What I am saying is that when it comes to having a beautiful physique and looking good in the mirror and being proud to take off your, your top or wear your swimsuit at the beach, that's not the best way to go about it. You know, so and and I think, you know, that we've all kind of been conditioned to believe that. Right. You know, as far back as like P.E., that's like you go, hey, let's go for our run, you know. Right. Yeah. But well, it's kind of everywhere. It's like, you know, just the the, the kind of uh, collective belief, the collective consciousness of working out where it's like I got to really kill myself. Um, and I'm really a believer now after this last five weeks and i love what brett Contreras. how do you say his last name Contreras. Contreras says about um you know if you want to do cardio uh because you love it then do it mm-hmm. but if you're not called to it yeah then then don't and i was like i mean honestly i read that i was like Oh my God, <laughs> someone's giving me permission. Yeah, and the size of your body, I, I've probably said this a million times, uh, and I will say it again, because I think it's that important. The size of your body is totally dictated by your diet. I will repeat, the size of your body is completely dictated by how much or how little you eat, regardless of how you train. The composition of your body is almost entirely dictated by your training. So, and and I would like to add something about the, the diet part of it, because this is something that I've struggled with for a really long time. Um, you know, when I first moved to LA, uh, I had a really hard time because I never thought of my body in any other light than really just, I mean, uh, maybe that's not entirely true because because I I was um, a dancer when I was younger and then I started modeling and I guess maybe it was more there where like I started modeling and I went to Japan when I was seventeen and um, you know the girls were were sticks just super super thin and that's never been me yeah I've and you're all... you're tall too so you probably had initially you're tall and you're beautiful so you're like people are like model but. The girls you were around were either your height or taller, and probably like 125 pounds. Well, you know, and or- it was it was actually really um, discouraging because I went to Japan under contract over the summer between my junior year and, and senior year of high school, and I was super excited, and it was the first like big trip I've, I'd ever done for modeling. But um, you know, the in Japan they're really petite and small. And so I didn't get hired for anything. And I actually got sent home early from my contract because I wasn't booking any jobs. And, 
Um, and I was really skinny for me at that point in time. But I think it was the first time I ever thought about my body in a way that like, oh, I need to change it. In like a judgmental way? In a judgmental way. Yes, absolutely. And then I moved to LA to become an actor and, um, you know, it's way better now because I think that there's a lot more, um, there are a lot more roles for people who have normal human figures. You want to know what happened? What? Maybe one of the only really positive things about Instagram. I'm telling you, that changed the game. You know why? Really? Why? Hollywood producers, casting directors and everything, uh, uh, fashion designers, people who were in charge editors of fashion magazines for 70 years was other chicks and gay guys predominantly. Okay? So you had the... Size two, six foot tall chick was always kind of like the go to. Yeah. Instagram comes along, and now straight men are in charge. And now girls with gigantic asses and who are much thicker are getting three million follows, and the bean poles are like. I mean, maybe, but I also think that there just started to be more of a demand for. Uh, content that reflected reality. I think we're seeing a lot more shows and movies where we want to see people look like they do in real life. Sure. I think that's a, um, I think stories being told of all walks of life are, are in huge demand. And so I think the call for, for more real people is, is high. So I do think that that's, um, I, I personally believe that's more kind of, of, of what's happening. But, uh, when I first started out, when I was you know, in my early twenties there, you know, I just, I got told quite a bit that I was too big. Yeah. And, um, so I, I started to become really self-conscious about it and, you know, I have tried every diet there is. I mean, I don't, can't think of, I haven't done keto, but that's cause by the time keto came around, I had finally made peace with food. Yeah. Um, so I didn't need to, but, but I would say like something that I've had huge success with and uh, it, it probably doesn't work for everyone, but I would say if you're somebody who is really, really struggling with um, weight, that I would get rid of the scale and yeah. I would uh, stop thinking about losing weight in terms of um, getting to a certain size uh, or number. I, I hear people all the time say like, I just need to lose 10 pounds or I just need to fit in a size 28, you know, jeans. Um, and for me, when I started to look at more of, um, you know, my relationship with food in terms of what can I eat that's going to make me feel the best? Like what, if, if it's between this hamburger and between this lettuce wrapped patty, mm. how I'm, I'm, how am I going to feel after I eat that burger with the bun versus the lettuce wrapped patty? And I know that if I eat that burger with the bun, it's going to taste really fucking good for the first five minutes, and then I'm going to get feel uh, bloated and, and hungry, and and probably crave something sooner mm. after, um, and I'm probably going to feel a little um, spacey because that's what happens when I eat 
gluten. Um, and so I just started to pay attention to how certain foods made me feel. And what happened was, as I brought awareness to that over time, I started to realize that more and more, it just was naturally instinctive for me to reach for healthier items. And I actually now prefer most of the time, uh, even if I have a couple days like we have where we've been indulging, I'm just so ready to get back to eating clean right. again. Um, and then I, I think when you look at food as to like how it will make you feel and then how your body feels, like for me, there's nothing better than starting to feel the like tightness that comes with doing resistance training mm -hmm. and then having fed my, it fueled my body. Yeah. Um, so I really look at it now. I have not weighed myself. I, I don't know how long. I think I maybe got on the scale like right before we started, um, doing this program just cause I was curious where I was even at. Um, but that was literally once and, uh, I just don't do it anymore because it became a weird uh, it became a weird set point for me because it really is meaningless to me at least. Um, because I don't, I think that number can be so many different things. Absolutely. I think that number can be as a result of you've, you've eaten something that was salty all of a sudden and you've you know blown up. I mean, for me before my period, I could be five up to five pounds heavier. Yeah. Um, so like I will say after four weeks of doing this program with you, I went to put on a pair of jeans and this suddenly was so loose and I could not believe it. Yeah. I was like, I don't feel like I've even been doing anything. And it really impacted the, the shape. So yeah, the way clothes fit is a great barometer, but I think stop with the crazy making. And, and start to get at least look from my opinion. Um, and I've, I, I'm probably a bad guy to shed some light on this cause I have such a jaded view of my body. Yeah. But I really need to get to the point where I feel better about looking at myself yeah. much more so than the fat calipers and the scale. Like when I get more pleased with how I look in turn, I get more kind of in line with how I feel, how I authentically feel. And listen, know? Hey, don't, don't, uh, underestimate the power of the, I am. You know, we, I say this to you all the time is like good old fashioned affirmations in the mirror. Um, you know, if I thought it, you were talking about, I'm not kidding. I thought you were talking about instant messaging. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck does that have to do with it? I am a M oh, I gotcha. am, okay. um, you know, uh, because listen, none of this really means anything. Um, if we believe that by getting to a certain point with our bodies, we're going to, to be better or feel better. I mean, all of that is temporary. If you haven't done the deep work underneath it to really, truly genuinely be accept yourself as you are. Yeah. Um, and I do think like for me, I finally am there in, in terms of my body, um, there are other areas I still need to work on, but like, even when I was not working out and, you know, thought my face was aging, but it turned out it was just getting fat. Um, I didn't feel judgment about that. Like I, I was just like, Oh, well, I probably would like for work for it to be a little bit better. Um, but it didn't, it didn't have the shame attached to it that it, that it used to in the past. That was a huge statement. It was, it, it was attachments. Yeah. You finally had broken away from the attachments yeah. of what you're, you're like, instead of going, I attach shame, I attach regret, I attach 
uh, lower self-worth to I've gained a little weight in my face. Right. To, you just, you're like, I'm gaining a little weight in my face. You know what it means? I'm going to start dieting a little stricter. And I'm going to work out, you know? Yeah. And I think like that's the most important thing really is if you're not working on accepting yourself as you are, it doesn't matter how in shape or how low the number gets on the scale or how that pair of jeans from high school suddenly fits you because for that moment it will be fleeting and it will feel amazing, but then you'll just find something else to obsess about because ultimately the acceptance of ourselves is really truly where, you know, contentment and, and peace lives. And so I would say that, um, you know, looking in the mirror and as cheesy as it sounds saying things like, uh, I, I mean, I, for a while would just look at myself in the mirror and say, I love you. And I would do it until I cried because I wanted myself to feel that I genuinely, unconditionally loved myself. Um, and so even you can do that with, if you have issues with your body image is to even just say things, you know, you don't have to go so crazy to be like, I am, you know, I am a, a size two when you're a, a size 10. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's saying something that you can believe, but even if it's something that you don't fully believe yet, you just fake it till you make it. So you say, I am healthy, you know, start with, I am healthy or I am, I am okay. Just the way I am. Um, or, I am beautiful. I am beautiful. Uh, I love every part of me. I love all of the flaws. I love, you know, any of whatever comes to mind, but I think it's important to know that at first it may feel like bullshit, um, but I promise you that if you keep saying it, I would do it sometimes even every time I walked in the bathroom, um, just look at myself in the mirror. It's rare how, how often that we have a real honest moment of connection with ourselves, you know, like yeah. that. Yeah. To look in the mirror and to really level with yourself and say, like, you're doing the best you can. That's a huge one for me, I think, to understand, like, I'm really doing the best I can. That's a beautiful sentiment, and I agree completely. Let's take a quick break to talk about my friends at Bet Online. The NBA college basketball, it's back, baby. And of course, NFL and college football, it's playoff time. Oh my gosh, it's too beaucoup, too beaucoup. There's just too much sports going on. And with all this sports going on, there's plenty of bets to lock in. And if you're thinking about making a bet, you got to go to one place and one place only. My friends at Bet Online. That's right. Bet Online, they've got game spreads, totals, teams, players, coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there is always the online casino. You know why? It never closes. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Um, I think, you know, there's affirmations. <clears throat> they are important. And I had to do them like crazy because of my body image issues. And you feel like such a fucking idiot. At first. Yeah. But it works. It does It really work. was. It yeah. really does work. I think, I don't want to make generalizations, but I do think a lot of, there's there's role reversal in our relationship in that I'm the one who's a little bit more neurotic and obsessive about how I look and how you think I look. Mm-hmm. I'm way more concerned about that, I think, than you are of 
uh, you know, than vice versa. Right. And I've gotten so much better about it. Mostly, a lot of it has to do with personal work that I've done, but a lot of it has to do with like your ability to help me in that arena. And it's one of the reasons why I love you. What are some tips you can give into how to handle that? Because I get so many questions about, hey, my husband, hey, my wife, hey, my girlfriend, my boyfriend is feels ugly or feels fat. How do I help them? Because you've seemed to do it very well with me. Well, I think number one is to um, be complimentary. You know, I think that uh, I know with you, it's like sometimes um, you would say like, well, of course you'll say that. You're, you're my wife. You have to say that. And I think that mm, I, I, I don't think you have to. I just believe you as a person from knowing you right. and really trusting you. I do still feel like there's always going to be some level of just trying to make me happy. Right. But, but I think because of that, I also tried to be very honest when I didn't think that something looked good on you or when I didn't think that you were, um, you know, there were a couple times where you, where you were starting to work out so obsessively that you were getting kind of too big. Yeah. And, and I would find ways to lovingly say, um, I can see how hard you're working. I, I think maybe you're pushing a little too hard in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, so I think like the honesty, because then when I would say like, you know, this is, this is the truth about my dad. My dad, um, when I, when I did my very first, uh, movie, it was a small independent film that I did up in Seattle and I had gotten the hold of the trailer before it came out. And um, I had a really small part in it, and um, but I was in the trailer. And so we were, we were with some friends um, for, for a ski trip over the holidays. And I showed everyone the trailer because I was so excited because it was like the first big thing that I'd done. Sure. And um, when I went to go say goodbye to my uh, – goodnight to my parents that night, um, I – went to go walk into their room and the door was open a crack and I overheard my dad telling my mom that he thought I was horrible <laughs> and <laughs> that I, and that he was really <laughs> shocked at how bad I was. And I <laughs> said good night and I went to my bed and I started crying and um, my mom came in and I told her and she was like, Oh honey, you know, whatever. I'm just trying to soothe me. And years later, I did a show called Boston Public. Yeah. And that was a David E. Kelly show. And um, my dad was still alive then. And he um, called me up and he said, uh, you know, I just saw the latest episode. And I just want you to know I thought you were fantastic. And the lesson that I take from that is that I really believed him. And I knew that he was telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Because I could always rely on my dad since I knew that he had told me, not maybe not to my face, but that he had talked about how I wasn't great, um, it always meant the most to me when he would say something because I knew he really meant it. And, you know, I think the same is kind of my f philosophy with you, with your body, is that if I do tell you lovingly when I think that there could be a little work done 
Um, you know, and I always try to buffer it with saying, I know you've been working really hard or, um, I'm here for you. And, and I know that this is something that's you're struggling with. Um, but I, I think you're doing a really good job, you know, or, or whatever it is. It's like, I, I think that complimenting something, somebody on something that is going right is always a really helpful way to kind of nudge them and, and create a space where, um, they can come to you and talk to you. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's very helpful. It is. It's, it, you know, honesty, it, I would only really be honest with someone that I really loved and cared about. You know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not, I wouldn't risk going there with someone that I didn't really care for, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's tricky because you, you obviously don't want to say something to somebody who, um, like if you're with someone and your partner literally does not give a shit about working out or doing something and it's, and it's your preference, then, then you need to just keep your mouth shut. But if, but if you know that your loved one or, or your friend or your family member is, is trying to do the best that they can, um, you know, I think like for me is to, to, um, comment and say, uh, like when I do notice some change, say like, God, I, you, you know, I see you've lost weight. I can see it in your face or, yeah. you know, really to encourage and to support and to, um, you know, the, I, I think I said this on your show before, but there's a great quote that says that the ego, um, doesn't want to be healed. It wants to be held. And mm. I think for all of us, we just want to know that there's a safe space where we can feel free to be ourselves and to be seen and to be heard. And I think that anytime you speak with anyone about something that they're struggling with is really the most important thing is to, to make it known how much you're here and how you're that person's biggest cheerleader Yeah, and not criticize. I think uh, never criticize only, only, and sometimes what I'll say to you is uh, I, I, I had an opinion on something. Would you mind if I shared it with you? (laughs) You know, and yes. you always say no. Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you to share it with me. But then, of course. But I, then you laugh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it's really good advice. Um, you know, but I still, I, you know, I, to be fully honest, I still struggle so much with like, will, sh- will she find this sexy? Like, well, like, you know, I really worry about that as opposed to just like trying to be. But, Sexy, but that, but that, right. And that goes back to the whole self-acceptance thing yeah. because I think that is what we're all doing is we're all looking externally for validation about the things that we're doing or, or the things that we have or whatever, uh, you know, our physique, uh, our, our hair, our face, our skin, our, all of these things, the clothes that we wear, that we wear, we're constantly looking outside of ourselves. And I think the sexiest thing in the world is somebody who turns inward for their own validation. And I can tell you from my own experience, um, you know, really in the last year or so, has it really become a, a connecting point for me where I genuinely feel like I can trust and depend on my own voice to be louder than anyone else's. So I genuinely go, well, what would I want in this? Not, not how do I think someone else needs it to be, but what do, 
what's, what's important to me. And, you know, it is, it's a love affair with yourself and, uh, and it's, it's really an incredible thing. And again, I know it's sad that I even have to say that it sounds cheesy because sometimes it does. But again, that's me worrying about <laughs> what people think, <laughs> what people think. And, um, so, you know, it's, it's a never ending, um, it's a never ending marathon, of just constantly falling in love with yourself over and over and over again. Um, but it is the best relationship you will ever have. Um, and it will improve every single other relationship that you have when the strongest sense of connection is the, is the connection to yourself. Beautiful. Beautiful words to end on. Um, Beautiful. What is that movie? What movie is that from? Oh, Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> when she tells the joke about the old woman and the old man on their anniversary and she Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The blowjob joke. Yeah. And who says beautiful? Who's the Affleck? No. One of the Afflecks? No, no. The when um when uh Mini Driver Mini, Mini Driver is telling the joke about the about the old man um getting a uh getting a blowjob from his wife remember and he yes. says yeah and i said the blowjob joke about 15 seconds ago <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and then he and then he says uh the, the husband goes beautiful it's the best blowjob i've ever had that's my accent <laughs> pretty good <laughs> and she's and then he goes now what can i give you and she has the her mouth full of semen and she says give us a kiss and she has the beer that flows out of her yes everybody (laughs) and on a joke um that does remind me though uh the self-acceptance and not uh, finding the promotion of self-worth and bettering yourself to be corny um i saw a really beautiful video that i encourage everyone to watch and even if you fucking can't stand Hardcore or heavy metal or punk rock music. My boy Finn McKinty at Punk Rock MBA on YouTube just recently did a video about the misunderstood uh, aspect of Hatebreed, the band Hatebreed. And I love Hatebreed and I love Jamie Josta and everything he does. And they are known for all, always uh, injecting into their music these positive affirmations and about uh, – identifying your your shortcomings and your character flaws and fighting them and 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 really trying to be your best self every day and they get a lot of shit for it especially in the punk rock world which is um you know rife with so many bands and so many artists that are all about like uh you know the world is fucked everyone's against me so just give up um and he breaks down in pretty great detail uh exactly why it's not corny and anyone who thinks it's corny is actually just not really all that evolved and not really all that enlightened because the idea of fighting life and being your best self is pretty fucking cool. Um, so check it out at the punk rock MBA on, uh, YouTube. And, uh, yeah, that's my recommendation for that. And as always, my wife is the best Bianca Kylik. Uh, every single time I have her on this show, I think you guys can understand why I love her so much and why I really just worship the ground she walks on. She is, Everything to me, she, I could never ask for anything more out of a wife. Um, and uh, I just love you so much. And I, I really do um, feel so grateful that you've come into my life and 
everything that you've given to me, sometimes not our daughter, but everything else, (laughs) (laughs) our daughter who's bonkers in all the right ways. But I mean it. I just love you so much and you're just really the best uh, spouse I could have ever, ever imagined. You're everything I could have ever imagined and more when it comes to a, a partner. Right back at you. And in this crazy mixed up world, it makes you think that nobody cares. We do. We do. Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.